Welcome to Passion Life Church. Basically, celebrities, uh, rock, pop artists, and they sit not facing the stage, and they have a singer come out and sing, and they base their judgment just solely on the voice that they hear. And so, if they like the voice that they hear, they will press a button and turn around, and then that means that they could be that person's coach and coach them to win the voice. And all the prizes that happen. And it's an amazing show because the coaches argue. They actually argue over contestants. And they're some of the most amazing, uh, you know, pop sensations today. Adam Levine and just some different people. And, and I just love the coaching aspect of it. And, uh, you know, as I thought about the show, there's something that's been in my heart for many weeks now. And I, I chose this topic to talk about the voice because... I really believe that there's so many voices that are buying for our attention today that if you cannot discern the right voice and cannot discern what is influencing your life, you could really be in bad shape. I actually believe that this message in the next four weeks that we walk through this is going to help you to go to the next level in your life. I believe God wants us to move forward. And uh, as we're going to talk about hearing God's voice in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about some things, uh, really how to understand when God is speaking to you. It is the greatest privilege as a Christian to be able to hear God's voice. It is a blessing to be able to be led by God himself. Oh, I love my GPS, but I like the big G up in the sky telling me where to go, decisions to make. And we're going to talk about hearing his voice. And uh, I, I, I think what we need to understand is that as we are where we are today and the place that we are today and going to the place that God wants us to go, I think there's one word that can make the difference. Where you are today, going to where God wants you to be is the information that you need to get there. Or let me say it this way, the wisdom that you need to get to where God has you to go. Information changes everything. And when you find out something that you didn't know, you can actually go to a place that you've never gone before. This week on Facebook, some of my friends posted, God help us, my sophomore picture of me playing sophomore football. All of the guys was a panoramic view. And it was, <laughs> uh, it was just eye-opening, and I saw some of my friends, and then I saw myself. How many of you know when you see a picture and you know you're in it, the first person you look for is who? You. And I couldn't find myself because I couldn't recognize myself because I was a sophomore in high school. And I looked at myself, and I saw myself, and I don't know if you've ever said this statement, but I've said it. Man, if I only knew then... What I know now, I would be a powerhouse. What is the difference between where I am now and where I used to be 
is the wisdom and the information that I have and that God has brought into our lives and in my life. And so I believe that God can bring some information and some wisdom into your life by speaking into your life. And so today I want to talk about understanding the difference between a coach in your life and a critic in your life. Because one of the things that we need to understand about God is God uses people. He will speak to you, and I love that, and we'll talk about that. But you know what? God, throughout the word of God, has used people to speak to other people. And I've thought about this so much, probably in the last year of my life. But how do we know the difference when somebody is coming into our life to help mentor our life, to help coach our life, or someone who's coming into us with a voice that is just critical? And I can prove to you biblically because there are many examples in the Bible of people who were stuck and another person came into their life with a divine word, with a divine voice that helped move them to the other level and to the next level. But you're going to have to be able to discern the difference between a coach and a critic. Listen, can I just help you that not every person who offers you instruction is a critic. Not every person that has instruction for your life is a critic. And not every person who has encouragement for your life is a coach. And the difference and understanding the difference between these two can really help us go to the the next level. I know people who someone tried to help them, mentor them, coach them, but they blew it off because they thought they were being criticized. They thought that that was a critic when it was actually somebody God had put in their life to take them to the next level. It's a big difference between a coach and a critic. And you and I have so many voices that are buying for our attention. But can I just say this morning, we all need a voice in our life. Someone that has, can speak divinely uh, into our life. At least one person in your life that can look at you and is not worried about hurting your feelings. Somebody that can look at you and is not worried about offending you. And can tell you the truth in love and give you a real perspective about your blind spots in life. One of my biggest regrets is looking back in my life and how many people God sent into my life to try to help me with the blind spots in my life, but I didn't have an open heart, didn't have an open ear because I thought they were a critic. And yet God was sending them to help mentor and to help coach. Sounds pretty interesting, doesn't it, this morning? And I think that if you can understand the difference, you're going to go to the next level. See, A teacher, a coach, a mentor, a teacher can save you from pain in your life if you listen to them. I believe God can send divine people in our lives to save us from the pain in their life. I want you to listen to this next statement. If you will not listen to a teacher, then your only teacher becomes pain. I know people who will not listen to anyone. God sent teachers into their life. They will not listen. They will not heed the voice. And God brings someone into their life to share an experience to help them. They do not listen. So guess what? Their only teacher becomes pain. Please don't point to the person next to you if that's the person sitting next to you. 
It is the biggest thing that I dislike as a pastor, and I'm going to be honest with you, is this. Trying to help people invest in people, but they will not listen. And then their only teacher becomes pain. And we have to sit back and watch what they go through because they wouldn't listen. How many of you know, especially for us that have kids, this is what we do with our kids. We try to tell them we do not want them to experience the pain of what we experience. As a matter of fact, if I were to mentor you and coach you, I would want to share my experience with you so you don't do the same thing that I do. But are you willing to listen to the voice? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That word despise in the Hebrew means they utterly disrespect instruction. Utterly disrespect instruction. Do you know that there are two ways that information can flow in our lives? They can, it can flow through knowledge or it can flow through an experience. I like it flowing through knowledge from one person to another person. I would rather you give me your knowledge than me have to experience what I had to experience for the pain. And so this is what magnifies the voice. If we will allow someone to mentor us, coach us, invest in us, they can share with us out of their experience. So in other words, for them to share an experience with you, they had to go through pain in order to share an experience with you. So they are sharing with you at a discounted rate what they paid a hard price for. Come on, somebody. But are we willing to listen? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. But Proverbs 1.5 says this, a wise man, listen to these two words, will hear, and what do they do? They increase in learning. One of the things that, that I've known, the older I get, the more I need to learn. I need to learn. I don't want to be stubborn. But there are people who are so stubborn, so hard-headed, They will not listen to a voice in their life. And can I just say, if you have someone in your life who is willing to invest in you, coach you, help you, you should value them. They're saving you pain. They can save years off your life by sharing from their experience. And I believe the right voice in your life can save you from pain When they share their wisdom. And when they share their wisdom, they're sharing life with you. They're sharing life with you. And so what I'd like to do today is I want to look at a story in the Bible. And I want to give us six ways that you can identify the difference between a coach in your life. How do you know when someone is coaching you? And how do you know when someone is just being critical? I want to look at the story of Ruth. It's in the book of Ruth. If you have your Bible, let's turn to to Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. And let me give you a little history as you're turning there. And obviously, we don't have time to go through the whole book today. But the book is a fascinating book. It's a love story. It's a rags to riches story. It's a story of loss. It's a story of, of restoration. And if you know anything about the book of Ruth, let me just give you some history. There is a woman by the name of Naomi. And uh, Naomi um, has two daughter-in-laws. One, his name is Ruth, and one, his name is Orpah. And Naomi had a, a husband named Elimelech. And those two sons, Elimelech, Naomi, they left to a place called Bethlehem, Judah. Actually, they left a place 
called Bethlehem Judah. Now, this is pretty interesting because the word Bethlehem means word. Everybody say that with me. Would you say word? The word Bethlehem means word. It means bread. And Judah means praise. So Elimelech decides to take his family away from the word and away from praise. It does matter what church you attend. It does matter being in the word and it does matter being around praise. And unfortunately, because Elimelech takes his family away from Bethlehem, Judah, which means praise and means word, Elimelech and his, his uh, uh, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, and her two sons die. Don't be surprised if you stay away from the word, stay away from praise, that things in your life begin to deteriorate because this is life. The word is life. There is life in his presence. And so they decide to walk away and Naomi loses her husband. And she loses her, her two sons, and now she, it's just her and her, her two daughters-in-law. And so as the men die, Naomi's husband is no longer around. So now Ruth and Orpah are just left with their mother-in-law. What an amazing sight. And they move from Je- uh, uh, Bethlehem, Judah, and they walk over and they leave to a place called Moab. Now Moab in the Hebrew means idol. So now Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah are stuck. Ever been stuck? They've been stuck, but they hear now that there is bread again in Bethlehem, Judah. So they begin to walk back and go back to Bethlehem, Judah. But Orpah, Norma, uh, Naomi's uh, uh, daughter-in-law, says, I don't want to go with you guys anymore. I'm going to go my own way. How many of you know that not everybody can go on the journey with you? Not everybody will make it. I wish somebody would have told me that because I want everybody to go. But unfortunately, not everybody will go. And Orpah decides to walk away. And so it is now Ruth and Naomi. And they go back to Bethlehem, Judah. And it's interesting because when they lived in Bethlehem, Judah, when Naomi was married, things were great. They had money. They were not. They were at a good place, a good status. But unfortunately, now they're coming back to this town and they are beggars and they're actually going because they need food because they have no food. And Ruth catches the eye of a man named Boaz. Would you say that, Boaz? Boaz is a rich man. He has many employees and he owns this amazing field. And so now Ruth is begging in this field, picking up the wheat that as they are harvesting, it is falling on the floor. She's going behind and picking up this wheat from the floor. Boaz notices that there's a beggar and that she's picking up this wheat. And he begins because he has an eye for her. Boaz tells his employees, I want you to drop some on purpose. Just for the mere favor that he has and he likes Ruth, the employees begin to drop more so Ruth could eat. And so Ruth gets promoted from just begging and she finds herself eating with all of them. And so we're going to pick up this story because Ruth is going to have a coach in her life that is going to help her get to the next level. And so I think if we can look at these, maybe this will help us to understand where God wants us to go. Did you find Ruth chapter 3 verse 1? Let's look at this. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law said to her, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? I'm going to go through these verses and I'm going to give you the six ways 
on how to distinguish a coach from a critic. Naomi says, look, Ruth, you have to understand, I want to seek security for you. I want you to be well. I believe today at Passion Life Church, we need to settle in our hearts that God wants it to be well with our lives. He came to give us life and life more abundant. Here's the first way I think we can determine the difference between a coach and a critic. Number one, a coach is committed to your success. They have a relationship with you. They are invested in you. But a critic would like to see you fail. Naomi says, Ruth, you don't understand. I am thinking about your future. If you will do what I say, I believe that you can be a success and I believe that it could be well with you. Pastor Phil, how do I know when people are committed to my success? Can I give you an indicator? Can the people around you, your friends, celebrate your victories with you? Or when I know that when I have a victory in my life, there's a couple people I can go to and we will party. There are a couple people I will not share my victories with because they want to put me down. You know why? Because they are my critics, not my coaches. And you need to go where you are celebrated. The people who are coaches in your life, they want to see you win. They want to see you succeed. Let's look at verse 2. Now, Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Naomi is talking to Ruth. Verse 3, therefore, listen to what Naomi tells Ruth. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go to the threshing floor. And do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. That is such a good word of wisdom. Do not bother the man until he is finished eating. Come on, somebody. Naomi's right on point. Don't bother him. Listen, I'm going to try to hook you up. After he eats and drinks, then we will move forward with the plan. That's a good word. But I want you to hear these words. Naomi tells Ruth, Ruth, you need to take a bath. You need to wash yourself. Now, can I just ask you a question? If somebody told you that in your life, would you label them as a critic or would you label them as a coach? Because Naomi says, listen, if you are going to meet Prince Charming, you have to look like a princess and you got to smell like one too. You can't look like a beggar. You have to wash yourself. You have to anoint yourself. In other words, listen, Ruth, you have to dress for where you're going. You got to put on the clothes and start dressing like where you want to be. I remember in 20 years of youth ministry, how many kids I would sit down with and they would say, Pastor Phil, I got a job. I got the interview. And I was like, Naomi, awesome, but you need to take a bath. You need to wash yourself. And can I just give you some information about this interview? It may help if you take that ring out of your nose. Oh, that's critical. No, I want you to succeed and I want you to get the job. And Naomi says, wash yourself. Listen, if you're going to meet Prince Charming, you need to smell like a princess. Here's number two. A coach has the courage to speak the truth in love at their expense. It's out of love. But a critic will speak out of pride 
for the sake of themselves. I don't know how many of you would agree with this statement I'm about to make. It is never easy to correct someone else. It's so awkward. I don't like conflict. I don't like it. I'm not one of those persons. That's not why I got in the ministry. Like, yes, I want to fight with people. I can't. I, that wasn't me. Even now, as, as a, it's very tough how you approach different situations. And you need to know this. Can I help be a voice in your life? That when someone has the guts enough to coach you and invest in you, it's not easy because they're doing it at their own expense. They're doing it despite the way that you might react and feel and yell, but they are having the courage enough that with a spirit of love to say, I love you, so I gotta tell you this. But see, a critic doesn't have that courage because a critic only speaks out of the pride and from their expense, they really don't care about you. It's all about them. It's all about them. But Naomi says, hey, look, come on, you got to get dressed up. I love Naomi because Naomi could have competed with Ruth for Boaz's attention. But she doesn't. She comes behind Ruth and says, I want to be a coach in your life. And I want to see you do well. Man, what an incredible coach. You know, the Bible says, Proverbs 17 says, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. In other words, when you have to speak the truth and love to someone, you will find out where the relationship is. I know who my friends are after I've already gone through something with them. It's easy to like things that you like and, oh, friendship's great. But many of us learn you know who your real friends are after you have your first disagreement. And the Bible says if you can have a disagreement with a friend and work it out, it's like you've gained a brother. It's like you've gained someone who is on your side. And Naomi was on, her, on Ruth's side. And here's number three. And I think this one's a big one. You want to know the way you can tell a difference between a coach and a critic. Coaches handle things privately. Critics go public. I love the fact that Naomi gets Ruth and brings her in with nobody around and says, listen, You got to put on some different clothes. You got to wash yourself. Naomi could have embarrassed Ruth in front of a group of people for her own sake and her own pride. But listen, she corrects her in private. Now, let me just say this. Naomi didn't have or didn't want, she didn't have no desire to embarrass Ruth. A coach won't embarrass you. A coach is there to help you. And she helps Ruth. Naomi's intention was to help her, not hurt her. There's a difference. And if I've dealt with different people in ministry, I'm always concerned when people want to go public. I had a disagreement with the pastor. So what? Shut up. Go talk to him. Make an appointment. You don't have to tell 50 people. And when I hear that I had a disagreement with someone and it was over something that was very, very insignificant, I'm wondering, do you really care about our church or are you just a critic that came to the church? Come on, somebody. 
Because a coach will come privately and some of you have. Hey, why don't we do this? Let's do that. See, I hear your heart because your heart is to help, not hurt. But a critic will come in and they will try to hurt and not help. Why? Because they want to take it public. They want to put it on Facebook. They want to do everything. And at the end of the day, I don't know how many of you are on Facebook. When you read some of these complaints, you go, really? You took the time to put that on here? Wow, what a critical spirit. You need to discern that voice. Listen, Ruth didn't have a disagreement with Naomi. She didn't. But for the sake of our teaching today, if there was a disagreement, because sometimes we do get into disagreements, let me give you the fourth way you can determine coaches and critics. Coaches love you through a disappointment or a disagreement. Critics hate you no matter what. I've had people come to me, and maybe you can relate to this, and there was a disagreement. And through that disagreement, we work it out and we talk it out. Or can I say it this way? We love it out because they're committed to me. They're committed to my future. But critics, I've understood that no matter how you handle it, they'll hate you anyway. They'll hate you anyway. Let's pick it up in verse four. You think this is good this morning? Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall. Now, this is Naomi. She's giving Ruth some instruction. She's saying this, look, then it shall be when he lies down. Remember, he ate, he drank, and now he's going to lie down. So when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies. You shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. Listen to verse 5. It's so powerful. And she, who is she? Ruth said this, and she said to Naomi, all that you say to me, I will do. Oh, I love that. I understand what you're saying. I'm going to allow your voice. I'm hearing your voice. And you know what? Everything that you say, I will do. Number five, you want to know the difference between a coach in your life and a critic? Number five, coaches have earned your respect. Critics have not. You know, I didn't say this when I started the message, but Ruth actually tells Naomi when Orpah walks away, you know what? It's pretty interesting because Ruth says this. She says, hey, look, Naomi, I'm not leaving you because Naomi's like, do you want to go too? She's like, no, you know what? I want your people to be my people. I want your God to be my God. That is a level of commitment. She even says, where you go, I go. Where you die, I die. That is a level of commitment to a coach. And can I just say to you this morning, I've told people this a couple times because I have people come to me personally and say, Pastor Phil, will you mentor me? And I always say this, I cannot mentor you if you're not faithful. Because if you're not faithful, you'll never be fruitful. And I don't have the time to waste if you can't be committed. And you want me and to give you the commitment of my time, but you're not committed, I do not have time to waste. I value my time, I value my experience. And if there's a couple times we say we're going to meet and you don't show up, then I'm sorry, you're going to have to get some things together before we come together. Because you know what? For me, um, I'm just not going to do that. And you know, I feel the same with Naomi. Naomi, when she heard Ruth say that, she's like, man, this is a woman that I want to invest in. And let me, again, this is the voice of a mother-in-law. Pretty interesting in the Bible. 
This is her mother-in-law. And Ruth's like, I'll go wherever you go. I'll die wherever you die. And so Naomi had, had earned Ruth's respect. And so can I just be honest with you? For me personally, one of the ways that I determine between someone who's coaching me and criticizing me is, have you done what you're telling me to do? And if you have, whether good or bad, right, I will listen to you. But critics usually haven't done anything. They just tell you what to do out of their own experience or what they think. Everybody in our society, it's about what I think. But you, have you ever done anything? I love when people how to tell me how to run the church who don't go to church. I love when people try to tell me about the Bible, but they don't read the Bible. And they're trying to tell me, well, you know, doesn't the Bible say, and they misquote a scripture. Listen, if you're going to quote a scripture, you should know the scripture. And don't try to tell me how to run a church if you're not invested in a church or have never pastored a church again. Because in all honesty, you are just a critic. You're not a coach. But you know what? There are people in our church today who have helped me and been a coach to me. And I listen to their voice. You know why? Because I respect them. Because of what they do and how they do it. I have a coach in my life. I have a couple of different coaches in my life. But there's one guy who I respect who's, who's just exceeded my expectations. And his name's Mark Moreno. And, and he's been here and he's spoken. And Mark has been a coach to, to me as, as a pastor because I like to hear from his experiences. He's, I think, almost five years in in his church and they're running 750 people. And that's one of the reasons I respect him. But is who he is to me, you know, about four, four weeks ago uh, or so, there was a building that opened up and, and I called him and just told him what I think about the building. And Mark said to me, he says, hey, Phil, and he said this to me on many occasions. He says, hey, uh, do you want me to fly down there. I'll go look at that building with you. And this is what he always tells me. Your church doesn't have to pay for me to come down. You don't have to pay for me to come down. I will come down on my own dime. You know why? Because he's invested in the future of Passion Life Church and me and my family. And you know, I deeply respect that. And so his voice is very loud in my ears. You know why? Because he's willing to put his money where his mouth is. And I listen to people who show up. I listen to people who want to go the second mile. But you're not going to get that from a critic. Because they, they haven't earned that respect. And Ruth has such a high respect for Naomi that she does exactly what Naomi tells her. Let's continue reading in verse 6. And so she went down to the threshing floor. Listen to this. And did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. She wasn't this person that said, hey, I will do this and didn't do it. She heard and said, I will do it. And she actually did everything that Naomi told her to do. That's a good coach. That's a good student. Verse 7. And after Boaz had eaten and drank and his heart was, was cheerful, he went to lie down at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the heap of grain, and she softly uncovered his feet and laid down. Now it happened at midnight. Uh-oh, a lot of things happened at midnight. And it happened at midnight that the man was startled, and he turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. Now, come on, guys. Isn't that every man's dream? I'm dreaming that there is a woman massaging my feet and then you open your eyes and there she is. Wow. I was telling my wife about the story. Man, the Bible's very, very interesting. Right? 
This man would not call the cops. This man would smile. Look, now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself and there was a woman lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. You know the word Ruth in the Hebrew actually means something worth seeing. I love that. Because when Boaz looked at her and says, who are you? She says, I am something worth seeing. Baby, you haven't seen nothing like this right here. And Boaz is looking at her. Come on. I like to say it like this. Look past all the rest because you're looking at the best. I am Ruth. I am something worth seeing. Take your maidservant under your wing, she says, for you are a close relative. Verse 10. Then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. In that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. Listen to this. This is so important. Boaz was always observing her. And he noticed that she just didn't go after the young men or the old men. And he says, you didn't just go after the young men or the old men or the rich or the poor. And basically what he was saying is that, listen, Ruth, you are making the right choice. Can I just encourage you, my church family? There is always somebody who is observing you that has the capability to bless your life. Can I just give you a 10 second infomercial? Every job that I've ever done, I do not do it for my boss. I do it for God. And because I do it for God, I respect my boss, whether he's good or bad. But what, regardless of what my boss does, regardless of what my coworkers are doing, I know that God will always have somebody watching me that can bless me. And so what happens is people go to work, they get upset, they don't like the atmosphere. Listen, don't worry about all that. You're not necessarily there for that. You're there to be a blessing and you are there to honor God. And when you do that, listen, I I could just give you examples of people who saw somebody doing something. They had nothing to do with their job. They were at work. They weren't an employee. They weren't a boss. They just came in and they were a customer. And because of the way that they were treated as a customer by this person. They got hired at a new company. They got a new promotion because somebody was observing them and that somebody had the capability to bless them. Come on. You need to say a better amen than that. And you need to know that. And you may say, well, I own my own business. Well, do you just need to know that there's clients that are watching you and observing you? And there may be one or two that have the capability to take your business to the next level. And Boaz was watching her. In other words, Boaz was always observing. And let's look at verse 11. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now, it is true that I am a close relative. Listen to this. Ladies, please listen. Boaz tells her everyone around town knows you're a virtuous woman. So not only was Boaz... Observing her, people in the town were speaking well of her. And I I really believe this isn't just on Ruth's own accord. I believe because Naomi had something to do with this. I believe she was listening to the voice of Naomi and was coaching her. And because of that, the people even in the town 
We're noticing her. And then verse 12, it says, Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will not perform the duty of a close relative for you, let him, uh, let, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until the morning. We need to understand that it was Hebrew custom That if a woman's husband in this time died and uh, they had not born a son, then the next relative would lay down with them and sow a seed for the family lineage to be continued. And Boaz says this, I am your relative. I will do this duty for you. But yet there is somebody who is closer. And if he will not perform that duty, then I will perform that duty. What a man. And if you read the rest of the story, you know what Boaz does? He goes to all of the leaders in the city at the town gates and he begins to talk about the decisions that he wants to make. You know, the Bible says that there is safety in a multitude of counsel. And you know what I love about Boaz? He goes and how he wants to hear the voices of the city council. He says, I'm about to make a decision. And you know what? They love Ruth. And so, (laughs) verse 14, so she laid at his feet until morning and she arose. One could, uh, one uh, could recognize another that he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the flesh, uh, the threshing floor. Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on you. So he tells Ruth, bring the shawl that is on you. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother, mother-in-law Naomi she says is that you my daughter then she took all that the man had done for her then she told her all that the man had done for her when Ruth means when Ruth meets Boaz everything in her life changes to the point where she comes back to Naomi and Naomi doesn't even recognize her she looks like a princess And let me just say this morning that it was Naomi's voice in Ruth's life that helped her to go to the next level. Ruth could not go by herself, but she had a person who spoke wisdom in her life, told her exactly what to do. And because she heard the voice, she was able to do what she was not able to do on her own because she had a coach in her life and she could discern the difference between the critic and the coach. And here's number six, coaches should be listened to, but critics should be ignored. My church family, there will always be critics in the world. You need to know that. And if you do anything, anything exceptionally great for God, you will be criticized. Always. Jesus was. They actually called him a blasphemer. They basically said he wasn't who he was when he was who he was. And they criticized And they didn't even know. And they criticized him. And you also need to know they're always out there, especially when you do significant things for God. So you have to come to the point where you have coaches in your life that will help outweigh the critics in your life. I want everybody to look at me as I make this closing statement. If you do not listen to the mentors, and the coaches in your life, 
don't be surprised if you yourself become a critic. Let me say that again. God will bring people in your life to help you. God will bring people in your life to speak into your life. But I have watched people who will not listen to a voice in their life. And guess what happens? They experience tremendous pain. They become bitter. And guess who they become? Now they become a critic. And all along, that was never God's will. God's will was that they be invested in that somebody would coach them to take them to the next level. And I wonder here today how much greater our lives can be if we just had a Naomi in our life. If we just had that voice. And I'm going to tell you what God told me this week. And I hope this helps you. Because I said, God, that is pretty amazing if we all just had a Naomi. And I believe that the Lord told me to tell you, there are many Naomi coaches at our church. That's one of the reasons why we do life group. I am very honored of the people that are doing life group. They are seasoned. They are, many of them have had churches, been involved in churches. Some of them have been pastors themselves. And every week at Life Group, they are speaking out of their experience, speaking the word of God, helping people through pain. And I just need to tell you that I believe that the Lord has told me to tell you there are the voices of Naomi. There are coaches available if you are willing to be coached. And listen, They're not here to criticize you and I'm not here to criticize you. I'm here to speak the truth and love to you so you can go to the next level. And I believe, and maybe it's not life group, but I believe that there's some of you in this room that already have Naomi's in your life. And maybe today's message will help you to better define, hey, you know what? This person's on my side. This person's not just criticizing. This person loves me. This person's invested in my future. Maybe I need to give a little more weight, a little more influence to what they're saying. Because if you do, listen, it can take you to the next level. And sometimes, let me say this, sometimes it's not even a Christian. I've had people who are non-Christian give me principles of life in things that they have learned to help me succeed. And you know what I do? I turn around and say, thank you, Jesus. Because they didn't even know that God was using them to speak to me. But you know what? If you think everybody in your life is a critic and everybody's against you, you know, you're going to be stuck and you're going to stay the same. And I came to tell you today, that's not God's will. God wants you to go to the next level and he will bring people into your life to speak love into your life. You know, the Bible says that we see in part in my life, I only see certain things. That's all you have. We all have blind spots, but I thank God that I have a team around me at our church who speak the truth and love to me and say, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but this is a blind spot. You know, I take that as the voice of God in my life. Well, God, can he just speak to me directly? Absolutely. And he does. But he also brings people around you that love you, that help to hold up your hands so that you can succeed. And I want you to know that I want Passion Life Church to be a church full of coaches that are helping mentor people, encouraging people, and not a church of critics. Come on, can I hear a good amen? Listen, the world doesn't need another critic. The world needs more coaches and mentors and people who are willing to bring people up, not put them down. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause this morning. 
Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 